Good morning. Welcome back to the Broadcast Retirement Network. I'm Jeff Snyder. This is BRN AM for Friday, August 26th, 2022. And our top story today, keeping your feet healthy. Dr. Regal Norman, thank you so much for joining us on the program this morning. Oh, it's my pleasure. Uh, I'm excited to be here. Let's. You have a very uh, interesting perspective, having served in as a podiatrist for over 35 years, you've, you've seen the evolution of, of feet, really, and how people are, are walking. How are we doing with our overall foot health, and how has foot health compared from today to maybe 35 years ago when you, when you started in podiatry? Well, when I first came into practice, um, we, we were more of a kind of a manufacturer-based economy, and people honestly were healthier. Uh, there, the obesity levels were nowhere near what they were today. We would see diabetes periodically, but certainly not to the level we see today. So at that time, it was typically a worker who would come in who wore a steel-toed shoe for extensive periods of time, who had foot structural issues. And, um, you know, we would deal with their pain. We would deal with the structural issues. We would deal with an occasional diabetic who may have an issue. We would deal with some obesity, some you know weight issues, but that change over this 35 years has been this kind of gradual shift to a explosion in diabetes and yeah. complications associated with that, which we can talk about, and also an explosion in uh, obesity levels, weight gain, which has created more stress on the feet, and people are now trying to balance. Uh, you know, maybe their lifestyle and saying, Hey, I want to start getting healthier. So we're dealing with people who might have been sedentary for an extended period of time, who all of a sudden say, I need to start changing my lifestyle to be healthier. And they choose to start to do activities and start to become more active. And it might be a lot more uh, office-based workers, people that are sitting more uh, computers in the last 35 years have certainly become pervasive in our society. And if you really look at just the history, we are, we're a much more sedentary population now, but we're, we're dealing with the effects of that, of which the foot is certainly, you know, it's the organ of locomotion. So it's uh, one of these areas that's being affected by that. So my observations have been this tremendous uh, change in the type of pathology that we see and, you know, trying to address today's needs and today's problems and hopefully help to improve people that are wanting to be more active. I think it's great, but I think people need help. And that's kind of where I've been trying to focus a little bit. And you, Dr. Regal, Norman, you, you, you mentioned uh, obesity, diabetes, but um, it's interesting how the, the interconnectedness of the human body. So, you know, you specialize in feet and podiatry and the, and those structures, but really our overall health, as you're indicating, really play an important role. So if you have a heart issue or you have problem with processing sugar or too much sugar, you have heavy weight, 
your feet, your foot structures really bear a big load. And, and so that those health conditions can really present in your extremities. Yeah. Oh yeah. There's, there's no doubt about it. We diagnose uh, diabetes and vascular issues in people that never had any idea that they were experiencing these issues. And honestly, there's times where we save limbs with people who come in and assume their pain is just foot pain. But if you look at, again, evolutionary wise, your vessels become smaller and smaller as they get further and further from your core and the feet have the smallest, most intimate vessel. So a lot of times we're seeing vascular disease present itself most frequently in foot structure. And a lot of times, oh, I have pain, my, my feet hurt. Well, we have to figure out why they hurt. It's not always because of a foot structural issue. It can be related to a vascular issue, which is creating pain because the foot is saying, I need more blood flow. I'm not getting enough oxygen. We might see someone with diabetes who's starting to develop nerve issues, burning, shooting pain that they think again is just who they are, but that might be the initial symptom that they might experience. And so we're making those diagnoses for people. And, uh, you know, a lot of times we, we can save a limb, uh, if in, in the right circumstances. That is there a, when you look at the broader population, look at your clientele, is it younger people? Is it mature people and people over 50? Is there a, or is it just really a, a cross section uh, of the American population that you're seeing? So well, I, yeah, I think definitely a, a cross section. Um, surprisingly, we take care of a lot of children. Um, hmm. There's a lot of, um, you know, uh, children with just chronic ingrown toenails that are really painful for them. And we're the ones that take care of that. Um, foot structural issues, flat feet. We see kids. Um, the working population always has been somewhat our core business, and that might be heel pain, plantar fasciitis, uh, very common. I mean, the vast majority of the population at one time or another is going to experience that. And we can talk about why. I can give you some of my ideas and theories about why I think it's so pervasive in our population. Um, you know, structural issues, bunions, hammer toes, bony issues. Then you've got this somewhat obesity crisis that we have, which puts more stress on the feet. So we have people that simply can't provide care for themselves. They can't reach their feet. It becomes difficult as they get older. And you've got the demographic bubble of the uh, baby boomer population who's starting to access medical care, you know, quite a bit more. And so it's a, a little bit of a perfect storm, in, in my opinion. I think that um, not just our profession, but medicine in general, there's a tsunami of care that's going to be coming up in the next number of years. And I'm not quite sure we're ready for it personally. Um, yeah. And that's unfortunate. And that's why it's important that preventative medicine is so important. Last question before we go to commercial break. And I want to ask you about footwear. Um, you know, there's a lot of cool shoes out there. There's a lot of cool tennis shoes, a lot of cool dress shoes and, and high heels that women are wearing. Um, any any thoughts about has 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 uh, footwear changed um, and has some of the footwear you know getting some of these nice dress shoes has that created problems that you're mentioning like the hammer toe or the bunion uh, forcing our 
our little feet into smaller and smaller. Yeah. Well, you know what? That's fashion has always been, you know, part of our society. Um, I think, you know, there is, there's a lot more interest in getting good quality shoes for people. I do. I, I really, I believe it. The problem is you can't say, oh, what works for one is going to work for another. You know, I try to kind of deal in generalities. I, I, I'm saying, look, I think, you know, for every day, you need to be just in a good, lightweight, comfortable shoe that, you know, just allows your foot to breathe. Um, if you if you tend to have plantar fasciitis, which again, and believe me, if there's, you know, if you've got a lot of people listening to this, a percentage of them have had it or have it now, you want an elevated heel because you want to get the heel up off the ground. It's spending too much time on the ground. So you want that heel up. So they need to be in a shoe that's got an elevated heel. If you've got forefoot pathology, which is hammer toes, bunions, pain in the forefoot, you want a rigid sole. So you want a shoe that doesn't have a lot of forefoot bend in it. So, you know, if you've got a lot of bend, it's putting more stress on that forefoot, creates more inflammation, more stress on that part of the foot. So in general, I try to steer those people towards a more rigid foot or to a more rigid sole shoe-wise for their foot structure. You know, it's it's kind of hard to, I, I can't, I don't like to give specifics because I truly believe that what works for one doesn't work for another. I try to create generalities and what I think makes the most sense. And, you know, people are flocking to some of these new shoes and think that's going to be a solution to their problem. What I always tell people, the role of us as a physician is to take care of their acute inflammation. Sometimes until that's under control, any shoe is not going to make a difference because they're still putting that stress on the foot. The chronic nature of structure is where we uh, look at good shoe gear choices. Yeah. Well, Dr. Regal, I need to take a very quick break. When we come back, we'll we'll talk more about foot care and some tips to keep you on your feet and keep you keeping with your feet. You're going to want to stay tuned right here on BRN AM. Imagine a new television network that will make you richer, healthier, and in control of your financial future. This network is for the policewoman in Nashville, Tennessee, the baker in Dubuque, Iowa, the teacher in Lexington, Kentucky. We want to make the idea of savings and retirement culturally relevant. But what do you see as a defining issue of the midterms? Especially for the smaller businesses. I mean, they are the lifeblood of the American economy. Featuring exclusive interviews, current affairs, and docu-series. 33 yeah. years old, you retired early. The philosophy is money only matters if it helps you live a life that you love. But you gotta start thinking about retirement as soon as you get in. The Broadcast Retirement Network will drive very high engagement with premium partnerships. So this isn't retirement and savings for your parents or grandparents. This is for all Americans. And we're gonna change the way you think about money. Welcome to the next frontier of retirement and savings. This is BRN.
the Broadcast Retirement Network. Dr. Regal, thank you so much for staying with us this morning. My pleasure. All right, let's let's we I think we set things up really well. We talked about full care, the importance of uh, buying the right shoes. Let's talk about um, taking a walk. And a lot of people like to take a walk. I live in uptown Charlotte, so it's a city, flat surfaces. But I know you have some theories about getting off the sidewalk or the street and taking a walk or going for a hike in, in, on dirt or uh, on grass. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, this is, I think this has been maybe over the last 10 years that I've been kind of working on these theories. And my observations are, and this is certainly for anyone, but I, I'd say mostly for people late 40s, 50s, 60s, into 70s, and maybe hopefully older uh, into that age group. Um, what I always observed was my runners were breaking down. They were developing a lot of different pathology, whether it be, you know, different types of knee issues, hip issues, foot issues, but they were, they were really breaking down, but they, they love the endorphin release. They love the, the, what, what running did for them. And, you know, I started to think about it. And then I kind of started to think about all of my patients that wanted to be active, but weren't able to, and were dealing with, heel pain, we're dealing with chronic foot structure, forefoot pain. And I, and I started to kind of observe that a lot of people in my estimation were not, were not, were becoming couch potatoes and they weren't doing things that, that made them happy. And especially a runner who couldn't run anymore, pretty miserable. So what I, in my own experience, I was uh, luckily exposed to, to hiking in, in our area and not hiking on concrete, not hiking on asphalt, but hiking on trails. And uh, I had been a runner when I was in my 40s. I, I've got some unfortunate knee issues because of being bow-legged. I inherited from my father. So I my running career was over and I missed that high intensity activity. And I started to push the boundaries of kind of local hiking. You know, obviously you can go to the mountains, you can go on a trip, you can go to Colorado, you can do whatever you want to do and do a wonderful hiking trip. But the reality of it is we live in, in areas where, well, we don't, we all, don't always have that and it's time, it takes time to do. So most cities have some form of greenway system that may not necessarily be concrete and asphalt. Now you have to find it and you have to discover it, but they might go around reservoirs, they might be built into the infrastructure, the ecosystem of a city, but most cities have some form of trail system within them. In Greensboro, North Carolina, where I live, um, our watersheds, where our, where our lakes are, which provide our water, are all trails around the lakes, and uh, 
I started to explore. And what, what I've discovered, and I can't say I have all the answers, but my feeling is, is that when you're on a trail, you don't need to do high, you don't need to be going up, just up, up mountains. But when you're on a trail, your pressure points are constantly changing in your, in your foot structure and your hip knee structure because of the natural topography of the land. It doesn't have to be going straight uphill or downhill, simply just the fact that it's not even. So by doing that, my opinion is that your pressure points are constantly changing in your, in your structure. And as a result, you're not repeating like you would on cement, like you would on asphalt. So where you would get one, you know, heel, forefoot, heel, forefoot. Well, the whole system gets jolted by this. By being on a trail, your pressure points are being distributed better, which I would suspect our ancestors, that's how we were meant to evolve. Beyond that, you've got root systems that naturally are a part of the trail. And what I think it does do is it heightens your balance. So the other um, uh, thing I've noticed is that a lot of people, especially as they approach their 70s and 80s, balance is a huge issue. I think a good part of that is they're not stimulated. So by being on a trail, even if you go short, I do long distance trail. I do long distance fast hiking, which I get all my endorphins going, works very well for me. I'm not saying that's for everyone. But even doing just a few miles, in my opinion, would be very good for heightening your, your sense of balance. If you think about being on a trail that has roots in it, surrounded by trees, different, different heights, different ways, your brain has to calculate on a you know, tremendous basis to keep you upright. And I think it heightens your sense of balance of which there's a lot of other good things to do, whether it be Pilates, yoga, a lot of ways also to work on your balance. But to me, this would be about the simplest way and kind of in touch with our ancestry that we probably live for thousands of years. And I always tell my patients that when you get older, you're probably not meant to run. You weren't hunting anymore. That was for the young hunters. But you, you were the man of wisdom or the woman of wisdom, and you needed to keep up with the tribe. So you were given the right to hike as long as you want at a, at a good pace. And I think if people could discover that, we do a little program here called Walk with the Doc, where we try to take people on a Saturday and just introduce them to a trail. And, you know, there's a lot of impediments to this. You have to be comfortable with it. You know, obviously you need a hat to protect you. You need a good hiking shoe. I'm a big proponent of a good hiking sock. You got to prepare yourself properly. But I think that if people could discover this, uh, I think it would be very advantageous and uh, very, very good. Dr. Regal, in the last few minutes that we have, I just want to ask you about basic foot care. Uh, how important is it to uh, regularly trim your toenails and also, for example, remove calluses? You know, a lot of people go and get pedicures, uh, right. you, know, uh, you know, myself, my spouse, people that I know get, get pedicures. What about uh, routine foot care? How do we keep our feet healthy outside of what you've just described? Well, yeah, uh, you know, I, I think you're doing the right thing. A lot of 
people come in and they tend to blame their pedicure for, I have a fungus on my toenail that they did it to me. And I'm generally like, no, I think it was coincidental. I think, you know, it, it was trauma or some other event that caused a toenail to discolor. Um, and then they stopped getting pedicures. You know, there's not really great equipment out there to do your own nails. There, there, there really isn't. And, and nails, unfortunately, do thicken as we get older. And it's not always fungus. A lot of times it's just trauma from wearing shoes or stubbing or someone stepping on, whatever it may be. And a nail becomes difficult to cut. So if someone's doing it themselves, they want to be cutting them straight across. They don't want to be digging in corners, um, especially a diabetic. We provide, we have docs in our practice that just do routine care. And so if it's someone who has high risk factors, diabetes, maybe not in great control, neuropathy, vascular disease, there is other outlets for them. And uh, if they have Medicare insurance, it's going to cover them to get their toenails cut uh, by a professional. Um, but for just kind of the general population, I would say straight across, um, not digging on the corners. And I'm, a, I'm an advocate of pedicures. I think there's nothing wrong with it. I don't think for the most part they're going to hurt people. Occasionally we do have people that come in that they dug too much in a corner and they create an infect. It happens. But I, I think that's not typical. And, uh, you know, some people, it's simply, it's hard for them to see them, hard for them to reach them, hard for them to do themselves. So they, they need to look at either in that instance, pedicure, which I'm, I'm fine with, or if they've got some kind of risk factor, diabetes, obesity, vascular disease, thick, painful nails, there's professionals out there that provide that service, um, and can take care of that kind of problem, including cancer. Yeah, I, I'm a big fan of the pedicure because I really like the massage at the end. Yeah, so it's nice. That is that is the best part, um, and and that's why I go. And the other thing, I thought you like the I thought you like the glass of wine they give. Uh, I have to, you know, if I'm driving, <laughs> I have to forgive that, forgo that. Uh, right. Dr. Regal, it's so great to see you. Thanks so much for stopping by the program, and we look forward to having you back on the program again it's very soon. My sir. pleasure, my pleasure. I enjoy talking. And that wraps up this episode of BRNAM. Have a topic of interest, somebody you think we should talk to, drop us a line. And don't forget, for all the latest curated news and lifestyle, wellness, finance, tech, so much more in all in one place, check out today's edition of our daily newsletter, The Morning Pulse. Want to search our archives, check out our latest content, we'll visit our website and, of course, our streaming partners. We're back again tomorrow for BRN Weekly. We'll be taking a look back at some of our best guests and segments of the week. Until then, I'm Jeff Snyder. Stay safe, keep on saving, and don't forget, roll with the changes. Now is your opportunity to co-create content around any topic on the first lifestyle and wellness network. Reach a global audience through our platform and co-own exclusive branded content. All of our programs are available on demand and also as audio-only podcasts so you can take us on the go. Broadcast Retirement Network, available anytime, anywhere, and on any device.